forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, it's that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. I'm getting to broadcast this one in warm weather for a change. Finally got through winter up in the uh, Midwest, came down here to sunny Florida, uh, visiting with uh, three of my four brothers and just having an absolute blast so far. Just flew in from uh, Cincinnati, and man, are my arms tired. Boom, boom. Okay, uh, moving on to the show. As you know, keep closing in on Derby Week, Oaks Week Day, and uh, the points are adding up. I'm still trying to figure out everything that's going on on the West Coast. As you know, Santa Anita kind of open for training and then had another breakdown and had to close again. Now they say uh, they're going to open up uh, again here later in the week. So we'll find out what's going on with that and uh, several people weighing in. So we've got some great racing this weekend and we're going, we've been leading up to this with Ryan Martin from the fairgrounds and this is the biggest day, none other than Eight stakes races at the fairgrounds on Saturday. Of course, the head the uh, the headliner will be the Twin Spires Louisiana Derby. Looks like a good one, but you know I've been on this horse's wagon since it got hitched up. War of Will. Good luck beating him there. He absolutely loves. The, the fairgrounds. He's a son of Warfront, so everybody figured, well, he's got to be a grass horse, right? Well, as soon as they put him on the dirt, won at first asking at Churchill Downs, took the winter off, came back to the fairgrounds, easily won the Lecompte, and perhaps even easier won the Risen Star, the two preps that lead up to the grade two million dollar Louisiana Derby. And also we're going to be uh, checking in on a race that's been very important in the Kentucky Oaks picture, and that will be the Twinspire.com Fairgrounds Oaks. It's a grade two, 400,000, and a horse owned by a buddy of mine, Sarah Genty Empress, looks like the one to beat. If you saw the uh, Rachel Alexandra at the Fairgrounds, Jimmy Graham had so much horse left, he practically stood up on her at the 16th pole. So I do believe he left plenty in the gas tank for that. We're also going to look at the uh, Munez Memorial Handicap, named after two old friends of mine, Mervyn and Ramon Munez, who, sad to say, are no longer with us, but were big guys on the racing scene, particularly in New Orleans. And then there is the New Orleans Handicap that packs a $400,000 purse. So a lot of great racing. And again, we'll be talking to uh, Ryan Martin from the fairgrounds for that. But bring it in, these handicappers, and put in my few two cents, which got us a nice winner last week. Um, 
You want to combine that with the easy win forms over at Winning Ponies. Very inexpensive, uh, but uh, sooner or later, they pay off their way with some big hits. How about St. Patrick's Day down at Gulfstream Park? $2 pick six. They paid 2487 Go out west a little bit two days before. A $1 Super 5 paid 1955 Let's not forget all the great racing at Oaklawn Park. We'll be talking about their big races in our results section. And uh, it was uh, my son Patrick's birthday, March 16th, where a 50-cent pick four paid 1867 You can go over to winningponies.com when you're pulling down your easy win forms and uh, check out the results of so many of our picks over the last week. Also, always want to thank our friends at uh, Woodbine Entertainment for helping sponsor Winning Ponies. Now, our first guest is going to be a guy I've known for many, many years, uh, but uh, it's one of those things you can know somebody, but it's not until you read their bio that you realize, wow, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. His name's Dave Bassler, and uh, he is the uh, executive director of both the Ohio HBPA and the Thoroughbred Horsemen's Health Fund. Now, they just recently had their big national uh, convention at Tampa, not far from where I am right now, on uh, and addressed a lot of different issues, everything from, you know, finding ways to do things better, uh, horse race safety studies, um, the power of getting data for uh, studies on the impact of racing and the money that it brings uh, to each state that it's in. So um, uh, we're going to have Dave Bassler uh, coming on with us to talk about that. And we'll also talk about Dave's very interesting uh, background as he is a, a handicapper in some of the tournaments uh, that uh, you probably partake in. Um well, I've got the radio television schedule for Louisiana Derby weekend, um, and uh, you can pretty much pull that down. But don't forget, there's also the Sunland Derby, which is going to be on March 24th. So mark your calendars. You're probably not used to watching uh, as much racing on that day as you would over the weekend. But uh, there is going to be on NBCSN uh, live coverage of the Louisiana Derby uh, and then uh, NBCSN. Uh, this is on the 23rd now. This would be on Saturday, the Road to the Kentucky Derby Series. And then the following day, they will have the coverage of the Sunland Park Derby on TVG. And of course, Horse Racing Radio Network's going to have all kinds of coverage for you on both days. So uh, we're going to be handicapping the races at the fairgrounds. Want to give you an inside track there. Well, really sad news out of Windstar Farm. Pioneer of the Nile, who has been a very influential sire, as you know, passed away at 13. He covered a mare and uh, went back to his stall, looked like he was in distress. Uh, they put him on a trailer to take uh, uh, to one of the veterinary clinics there in Lexington, and he didn't make it. Um, don't forget, he was the sire of Triple Crown winner, American Pharaoh, a 13-year-old son of Empire Maker. And that's not all that old as a stallion. So uh, obviously, Elliot Walden and his whole staff uh, had some contact with the farm this week, are extremely saddened about the uh, loss of uh, uh, 
pioneer of the Nile. Don't forget, he also sired champion Classic Empire. So it'll be interesting to see if American Pharaoh and Classic Empire can, you know, pass on uh, the gene pool there. Now, a lot of interesting things coming out of Santa Anita. We started talking about this last week with all of the uh, uh, the breakdowns, up to 22 now. And, and what I feel was a knee-jerk reaction, not in closing and taking care of the track, was the, Belinda Stronach coming out and saying that, well, now we are going to have no race day medication, no Lasix, no Butte. Trust me, folks, and I'm going to ask Dave Bassler about this. That is not contributing to the breakdown of horses. If anything, those two commonly used medications benefit horses that are racing. So I'm going to ask Dave uh, for him to uh, talk about that. I know that the HBPA has come out with statements. But, you know, also, you know, so has the North American Association of Racetrack Veterinarians think these guys know a little bit, right? Well, uh, that membership, uh, of course, says any injury to any horses is unacceptable, uh, and they support all regulatory proposals. Uh, but uh, the question about removing Lasix on race day, they're kind of scratching their head a little bit about that. And you've got to think that, you know, the, the North American Association of Racetrack Veterinarians is wondering about this decision. What other people are, certainly, you know, a, a lot of uh, trainers. What do I do now? What are the allowable levels? Uh, this is going to shake out in, in a lot of different ways. Again, you know, the NNARV supports cooperation among all regulatory ve- veterinarians in pre-race and pre-work examinations that would prevent injuries, uh, but I don't think they, that they think that removing Lasix and Butte is going to uh, solve the problem. Now, of course, with all the problems at Santa Anita as far as when they're going to start racing again and will it be continuous, a lot of California stars are heading east for the Sunland Oaks. That's why that's going to be a big race uh, th- this weekend. Again, that'll be on Sunday. And uh, so now it's a nine-horse field for the Oaks, uh, which carries Oaks points, and it's going to end up getting uh, Bella Fina, who's a two-time grade one winner in Southern California, and uh, it's also uh, going to bring Chasing Yesterday, as you may recall, a grade one winning half-sister to American Pharaoh. So again, that is... Uh, going to be Sunday, and it's going to be at Sunland Park. All right, let's get in some of the races. We handicapped with Vic Stauffer last week at Oak Lawn Park, and it was upset time in the two divisions of the Rebel that were split. Of course, the, the heavy favorite in the eighth of the first leg was Bob Baffert's undefeated Improbable, but getting the job done Long-range toddy with my friend John Court in the saddle. He kind of stayed with the, the pace and then came from off, backed up, stayed on the rail saving ground, was fourth into the stretch, and got up for the win at 1880. If you go back in the podcast, you will hear me contact Vic that I thought, this is a horse that you've got to you know consider a good part of your ticket. Uh uh, improbable was a game second. Had to get something out of that race. Again, wanted to stay in California. And Galilean, uh, we've been talking about that horse on Winning Ponies, uh, who's always there. 
ended up in the third spot. That was the first division of the Rebel. In the second division, well, here's Orson just put a ring around, right? Game winner. Last year's undefeated two-year-old champion, four for four from the Baffet Barn. Upset time by a nose. Richard Mandela's Omaha Beach who was only making his second lifetime win after breaking his maiden. This is another horse by Warfront, started out three races on the turf, did not win, moved him to the dirt, and all of a sudden, this horse is the winner of the grade two Rebel Stakes and punches his tickets to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, in, in the second spot was a game effort by game winner. And again, Baffert said about both of these horses, wasn't disappointed. They, you know, not that you, you give them a race in a grade two, but they didn't overwhelm the field, but boy, they both put in solid races. And I think will be very dangerous uh, next time that, that they come back. 48 to one market king finished third in that race real quick now so we can get to dave bassler in the azari the winner midnight bizu what a beautiful ride by mike smith waited for a while slipped through along the rail got the job done at six to five elite even money favorite was second and third was shamrock rose and we'll close it out with the Essex Handicap, 350000 Rated R Superstar with a jack change. Walter De La Cruz gets the job done. This is a horse that likes to come out from another zip code, takes down the Essex Handicap. All right, that's a look at national news and last week's races that we looked at. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to be with the Ohio director of the HBPA, none other than Dave Bassler. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right. Well, coming up here in a minute, we're going to be talking with Dave Bassler, who uh, just came back from the annual HBPA meeting in Tampa, and he's going to give us an update on some of the important issues uh, they discussed uh, at that meeting. And, uh, you know, as uh, I also said, he since 2007, he served as executive director of both the Ohio HBPA and the Thoroughbred Horseman's Health Fund. What I do want you to know is this guy wasn't some kind of political imp- appointee in any way, shape, or form. He cut his teeth on racing after he graduated from the Ohio State University in business administration and a major in accounting, which has been very impressive since he's taken over at the HBPA. But uh, the things I forgot where I first saw him was uh, at Beulah Park, where uh, he did several different things as far as mutuals, but I remember him from the press box, and he worked as a racing official at Beulah, and then, remember when Equibase came in, he was chart calling, and then he also was a freelance reporter for the daily racing form, and uh, pretty much when you're doing that job, you're traveling all over, leading a nomadic life, and he, he'd been everywhere from uh, California, Kentucky, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, and West Virginia. Uh, Dave, also a horse owner, uh, he was in the top 20 in owner standings at Prairie Meadows for several years and uh, did in-house handicapping shows. Uh, but uh, he uh, lives in Grove City. It's right in the middle of the state, just outside of Columbus, where he did go to college as a Buckeye. And uh, at the very bottom, he that in his spare time, I know he's an avid horse player because I saw his in the standings on a recent national uh, scoreboard, but also did not know, even though I know he was always buff, was a nationally ranked power lifter. Dave Bassler, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, so anyhow, like I said, you're not some kind of political appointee that somebody said, yeah, make this guy the president of the HBPA. I think it's fantastic that you have worked your way up to your current position by being a part of almost every level of the sport. Yeah, I think that's really benefited me uh, in my current position. Uh, When you see the the game from every aspect from being, you know, a mutual clerk, a uh, horse player, a horse owner, uh, a chart caller. You uh, you get a feel for, for how the game's played, and I've been in it for over 30 years. Uh, actually just had a, uh, an email conversation with uh, Janet Van Bever this morning, who's the uh, president of, of the American Quarter Horse Association, uh, and she did a really good blog piece yesterday, and I, and I complimented her on that. And in the course of emailing back and forth, she said, you know, I think I'm able to articulate my thoughts so well because I love this game. I've been in it all my life. And when you have that passion for the sport, you're able to get your ideas out and, and communicate them to your members and, and to the public. And, and I think I feel you know, the same way uh, about my position as, as Janet feels about hers. Well, you, you know, Dave, I hope you print this bio out and send it to your board. I'm not sure that everybody on the board knows that you have this depth, uh, depth of experience. Of course, a lot of people on your board are, uh, are trainers, and so you, as, as a prominent uh, horse owner, uh, have seen the ins and outs. You understand the problems they face on a daily basis, uh, the way that costs have gone up, and just how important their ability to uh, – operate their 
job at the track effectively, you know, impacts them and the sport, in your case, in, in Ohio. I mean, I, I really hope that the, you, you need to spread this bio around to let these guys know. I think 12 years in there, they've got a pretty good idea of who they've got in the seat. So uh, we're, we're in good shape. Um, luckily, we've, uh, we, we've been fortunate. I think we've made some good decisions and been fortunate to have some legislative help and uh, have gone from a spot when I started where, you know, racing and, you know, racing in the future was in question in Ohio. And certainly uh, I don't think we're in question now. It's, uh, you know, just a question of how much uh, we can capitalize on our good fortune and continue to improve the product uh, and and make it uh, better and, and bring more horsemen into the state. So, Well, I hope we do that. And I personally see the efforts that you're making that uh, happen. Now, uh, the, uh, the, the, the recent... Uh, National HBPA meeting uh, hit upon some really good topics. I'm just going to throw a couple out and spend as much time on each as you want. But we're talking, one of them was the, the statement from the National HBPA on racehorse safety. And as you know, a hot button right now is what's going on out at Santa Anita. And I know I discussed with you off the air uh, that, in my opinion, uh, Santa Anita uh, might be having a uh, rather uh, a quick decision on banning race day medication. Where does the HBPA weigh in on that? Because I know that they've put out a statement. Uh, we support the use, uh, and let, let's make it clear, John. The only, you know, when we the, the press sometimes makes this statement about race day medication. There's only one race day medication nationwide, and that's LASIK. Um, so we're not talking about 10 different medications that can be used on race day or even two different medications. We're talking about LASIKs, which is proved time and time again to be efficacious uh, in controlling bleeding in thoroughbreds. Uh, so we support its continued use um, and you know, we, we have an issue with uh, with what's being done at Santa Anita. Now, it, you know, it was originally stated that they were going to stop Lasix now. That's been backed up uh, to two-year-olds of 2020, but uh, we still believe it's an efficacious medication and, uh, and should be used uh, if a horse needs it. I know because I've I've always said I know I know you've got a young son that uh, is involved in sports. If he was doing something that uh, because of his uh, you know uh, efforts in in the game he plays was getting bloody noses, and you knew that there was something you could give him to stop that, you'd do it, wouldn't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And we you know what what I think the general public doesn't understand that uh, your audience probably does understand. These are high-level athletes, and high-level athletes in any sport have injuries, have things they got to work through, and you, you know you need medications to deal with those types of issues. So, uh, you know, race day medication is limited to Lasix, proven to be effective, and we certainly don't want to go back to forty some years ago when there was no Lasix and there were many incidents of horses bleeding through the nostrils, um, which is just it's not not good for the public, certainly not good for the horse, not good for the owner or the trainer. So Well, all I can say is I'm in your corner on that. Well, um, you know, I don't want to go through everything the HBPA uh, convention uh, covered, but 
what, what were the big takeaways that Dave Bassler had? You know, I think um, what Eric and I, uh, and speaking of Eric Hamill back, our national CEO, who I work closely with, there are two functions of uh, of this convention. We were trying to accentuate the positive in our industry. I think lately there's been a lot more negative reported than positive, and overall, I think things are are very positive. We had a uh, 4% increase in national handle last year, which was the fourth straight year handle's been up uh, year over year, and that's with less race days, less races. So more money's being bet on each race, which is certainly a positive for the sport. Uh, I think the sport's moved far forward in the last decade in horse aftercare. Uh, it's important that we take care of these athletes after their career is done, and certainly more and more organizations are involved in that process. In Ohio, the Ohio HBPA made a $50,000 contribution to new vocations, which is the oldest retraining program for retired thoroughbreds in the country. And I think it's done now in its 27th year, originated in Ohio and is now spread to six other states. And we thoroughly support that program. There are many other good programs out there similar to that. But, uh, you know, I think we need to continue to move in that direction. But the sport sport has moved to take care of our, our retired athletes. So, uh, you know, I think when we focus on the positive while at the same time looking at some of the things we could improve upon and uh, had some speakers talk about things that could be improved upon. So uh, those were the two main focuses. Well, I, I know one of them that uh, Eric Hamelbeck uh, brought up was um, helping the stewards uh, navigate certain thorny medication cases. The, the, the meetings I've been with you at uh, Ohio Racetracks, uh, not your board meetings, but with, with the horsemen, uh, it seems like it, you're constantly going over uh, the different levels of medication and what they can and can't use. Uh, this is, is this trying to keep them away from getting violations and as you know some horses weigh a thousand pounds some weigh 1200 if you give them both the same medication they're not necessarily going to be out of their system on race day so well, what is it that the hbpa might be doing to help the stewards understand the horseman's position uh eric came up with the idea of uh, creating a scientific advisory committee to review uh medication cases uh, sim- simply would be a group of es- experts who stewards at any track could lean upon when they had a medication violation, uh, ask them any questions that they might have, ask them what the penalty history was in other states that the committee had worked on. Um, stewards have one of the toughest jobs at the racetrack. They're there all day long. Not only do they do the obvious, which is to adjudicate the races, but they adjudicate everything that happens on the backside in terms of penalties, in terms of any kind of dispute, um, overseas racing office operations. So they've got a tough task. And to expect them to completely understand medications and what they do to a horse's system, how they may get into a horse's system, what's a, a level that may impact horse performance, what isn't, it is a lot to expect. Um, I'm a national HBPA medication chairman, and I spend about 10 to 15 hours a week working on medication issues, looking at cases, talking to experts, 
stewards don't have the time to spend 10 to 15 hours a week on that. So if we could put together a scientific advisory review committee for the stewards uh, to have an extra resource across the country, that's that's the idea behind it. Well, um, Dave, I, I, I know that you yourself uh, are a handicapper, uh, always have been. And like I said, I saw your name in a contest contest. Uh, recently um anything the hbpa is doing about uh, as you you brought up the the four-year streak and handle do we know anything about what might happen with sports betting perhaps coming to racetracks you know it was passed uh passable was outlawed and essentially the the format now john is that it's up to the states uh individual states to decide not only how they're going to handle sports betting in terms of rules, tax uh, takeout, um, but also what locations they're going to be at. So it's going to be incumbent upon horsemen and track operators in each state that's contemplating legislation to get at the table and make sure that their interests are protected. Uh, and that includes Ohio, where a bill was dropped last week by Senator Eklund and uh, the HBPA was uh, party to an, an interested parties meeting with Senator Eklund several months ago. So uh, we're involved in the process. Uh, having said that, I don't think that uh, any legislation is imminent in Ohio right now. It was just introduced, and uh, they've got probably bigger uh, fish to fry in terms of the biennial budget, which has to be passed by the end of June. But uh, I think it will start to percolate in the fall. Well, it'll be very interesting. I I really hope since it looks like they're probably going to use tracks that, uh, now I don't mean any specific track, but racing that has been regulated and has shown that they, they pay their taxes and they uh, operate above board, that this would probably be the gr- first step-off state to make sure that everything's run well uh, with sports betting. And I certainly think from that, yeah, our sport's deserving of a little percent of the cut. And as you know, that's going to make a big effect uh, for all of us, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that's, uh, we've, we've had some initial conversations to uh, try to ensure that, at a minimum, uh, horse racing isn't harmed by sports betting. Um, you know, any time that you add a new gaming product, to the mix, uh, you're likely to decrease your, your handle on paramutual wagering. So we want to make sure that, uh, like I said, at a minimum, we're not harmed. And, and like you said, we'd like to see at least a small percentage go to racing so that uh, we continue to, to grow. Well, Dave, just in the last 15 minutes, I hope our audience has learned a lot about uh, some of the things that the HBPA does. But can you just briefly, with a broad brush, explain what it is do all owners get it do you join a union i mean how does it operate to the benefit of owners and trainers uh, you don't have to join in ohio if you race a horse in ohio uh, as an owner or a trainer you're automatically a member and we essentially uh, negotiate on behalf of the owners and trainers um, i was the one who negotiated the VLT uh, deals that we've 
inked for both uh, Thistledown and Mahoning Valley, which are 10-year deals, uh, which ensured that uh, approximately 10.6% of the net win on uh, VLT machines come to horsemen. Uh, we also administer programs to uh, to benefit our horsemen, including a uh, health fund and a retirement fund for our trainers and um so we, we, we do have a lot of a lot of programs, some social events, but uh, mainly I view our role as ensuring that uh, we bring as much purse money as we can to our racetracks. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we've been uh, t- talking with uh, Dave Bassler, uh, certainly kind of a renaissance man in racing. Uh, there's not much he hasn't done other than clean the parking lot after the races, from what I see. And for all I know, he did that at some point in his career. Dave, thanks a million for being on uh, with us. I'll make sure I call Eric Hamill back and tell him that you did an outstanding job this evening. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. All right. As you know, I'll be in touch. Take care. That was Dave Bassler, and we're going to take a, a quick break, and we come back. Guy that's become a regular on the show, Ryan Martin, my go-to guy at Chantilly Boulevard down there in New Orleans. We're going to be uh, talking about the best card they're having all year long at the fairgrounds. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right, and with me, Ryan Martin, who I'm so glad has been my pipeline uh, to racing down in New Orleans all season long, and uh, it's it's been great uh, working with you all season, but all good things must come to an end, but boy, you're, uh, you're ending on a big bang this weekend, aren't you, Ryan? Yeah, for sure. You know, Louisiana Derby, a weekend is always, you know, it really what, the one thing that I love about it the most uh, in the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, it's really the first, you know, sort of like the semifinals, if you will, of the road to the Kentucky Derby in that it's the first 100-point race, well, 170-point race total, but 100 point to the winner, um, and which will pretty much guarantee you a spot in the starting gate on the first Saturday in May. So it really kicks off those final big races. I like to call them the big six. The Louisiana Derby, the Florida Derby, the Wood Memorial, the Santa Anita Derby, the Arkansas Derby, and the Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, so it's you know it's 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 um, it's officially you know the 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 final home stretch of the road to the Kentucky Derby, and you know from here on out we're just going to see that field shape up more and more. And, and to remind our audience, if they go back uh, and uh, get out the. Uh, Daily Racing Form Manual, they'll also see the pretty amazing impact uh, that the Rachel Alexandra and the Fairgrounds Oaks has had on the Kentucky Oaks. For sure, yeah. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at, you know, Monomoy Girl, you know, horses like Proud Spell, Believe You Can, uh, you know, obviously going back a ways with Silver Bullet Day and Blushing KD, I mean, the, the road to the Kentucky Oaks really goes right through New Orleans. And, I mean, you know, the Phillies that come through here have proven uh, to be a major force in the Kentucky Oaks in, in recent years. And, you know, we've got a nice one in Serengeti Empress. And, you know, we'll talk more about her later on. And, you know, she's, she's going to be a favorite. And, you know, she might be the one to beat. Absolutely. Now, Ryan, r- refresh my memory. Is this your first year in this role at the fairgrounds? So officially, yes. However, I was down here last year, and I was kind of doing some similar, performing similar duties, and 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 uh, you know, carrying out a lot of the same day to day activities that I do now. Uh, but you know, now it's 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 more of an official role. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's um, it's it's a good time. Well, give me the rear view because I think I told you in our first interview that I once had your job thirty-one years ago, and I have come <laughs> away with the greatest love of uh, New Orleans itself and the the the, the horses. Uh, jockeys and horsemen uh, that I met down there. Uh, give, give me uh, Ryan Martin's view in the rearview mirror as he heads up uh, to New York after the meet about what you feel about the whole uh, you know, environment down there. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something. New Orleans is a great place. I mean, it's, it's a very unique city. You know, people say it's the most unique city in, uh, in, in America, and I definitely would have to agree with that. If you're young and single like myself, there's not a better city in the country to live. Uh, but, I mean, as far as the racing at fairgrounds goes, you know, it's, it's great racing in the winter, and you see a lot of the same faces on the backstretch here at fairgrounds that you do at Churchill. 
in the summer and throughout the year. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good circuit to work on. And I was, uh, being from Louisville myself, I worked at Churchill Downs for two years and got to know the horsemen there real well. So when I came down here, you know, I wasn't having to introduce myself to that many new people. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a great place. I've developed a very strong love and admiration uh, for, you know, not just fairgrounds, but for the city of New Orleans in general. Absolutely. I, I consider it akin to going away to college. I mean, I was only down there for, for, for one season, but I swear it was like I went to college and I still have lifelong friends that I made uh, in New Orleans, both horsemen and non-horsemen. Uh, it's an amazing place how welcoming the, the community is. For sure, you know, and people down here are very laid back, uh, sometimes a little too laid back, uh, but, but you know something, I mean, it's a great place, it's very colorful, full of culture, great food, great atmosphere, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's a, it's a, you know, big city, but it's not big in the sense that New York or Chicago are, it's not, I mean, you can, land-wise, it's very small, you yes. can get from one end of New Orleans in, in not a whole, not a long amount of time. I mean, gosh, I mean, Fairgrounds is not far from the quarter. Uh, it's not far from, you know, the, from Lake Pontchartrain. It's not far from, you know, really anything, you know, it, and, and that, and Louisville's kind of like that too, but land wise, New Orleans is very small. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it's, but it's, it's a very good experience. And, and I mean, I really, you know, and I mean, when I say that, that I've, developed a, a, a strong admiration for this place well and trust me if you you're back there next year whether you are or not you will have lifelong friends and certainly experiences to talk about from that historic track well let's jump into it ryan martin um i'm gonna go straight to the top because if we run slow on uh time there's a couple races I want to make sure that we touch on. Uh, I have been with mm -hmm. you through uh, the LeCompte and the Risen Star, and we have seen a rising star in War of Will, a horse by Warfront, originally everybody assuming it would be a grass horse, and just like Cigar, as soon as they put this horse uh, on the uh, main track, undefeated and seems to always make an, an impressive move does not have to be on the lead but always seems to win with a little more left in the tank tyler gaff leone i think he found his derby mount if everything goes right yeah you know i mean this ever since they they stuck this horse on the main track i mean he's just been a winning machine and he's been effective on grass but it's no secret that dirt you know, is what he wants to do. He got tested a little bit in the Risen Star last out. You know, Country House stuck around there. War of Will was able to keep him at bay. And this isn't, I'm not trying to take a shot at Country House by saying this, but I think the fact that uh, he was pretty green in the stretch uh, certainly helped War of Will. I think that had the horse been a little bit more focused and a little bit more, uh, you know, straight edge, I think that the margin might have been a little slimmer um, than, than two and a quarter lengths. But, I mean, this horse gallops out with authority. He, like you said, he's still got a lot left in the tank. And I've been speaking with the connections, David Carroll and, and the Cassie team. And, I mean, he still continues to just show them everything in the morning leading up to this race. At this point, all it's about is keeping him happy and healthy. And they've done a great job at that so far. So, I mean, yeah. And, and, and this field is, 
it might be a touch tougher than, than, than the, the prior two that he's faced. But for the most part, depth-wise, it's very similar to the LeCompte as well as the Risen Star. Absolutely, but I do think there's betting opportunities here, and I don't mean against War of Will. Uh, certainly, he's a horse for course, undefeated at the fairgrounds. But a, a horse that I've been impressed with, um, who's going to be a price, is uh, Hog Creek Hustle, who always seems to be trying. Now, the last race, he got too far out of it, but he, he was checked early if you go back and, and look at the, the Risen Star. So he's run fourth and second to War of Will. And another horse that I find somewhat intriguing is uh, the Todd Pletcher trainee spinoff. And I see Johnny V's going to be in town to ride this very lightly raced horse who's never been off the board but just exploded in his 2019 debut. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about Hog Creek Hustle first. You know, he's he shows up every time uh, to these you know to these races. Uh, you know, he's he's going to run a big. I, Vicky Foley, I spoke to her. She thinks he's going to run a big race, and you know, she matter of fact told me that you know she thinks that he's coming into this race better than he did the other two races here at Fairgrounds. And going back to the time he beat winners, he beat a horse named Classy John who ended up being a stakes winner and a horse named Six Shooter who ended up being an open company stakes winner at Oaklawn. And then if you go back uh, deeper into that horse's chart, uh, a horse who finished a little bit distant behind Hog Creek Hustle was a horse that came back and ran second in the Jeff Ruby stakes at Turfway. So he beat some quality horses in that race. And since then, he's recorded a third, a second, and a fourth all at fairgrounds. And, I mean, he, he has the looks of a nice horse in the making. But, I mean, look, he hasn't beat War of Will yet. He hasn't really come that close to doing so. And he might be right there. But, I mean, he's going to be running for second at best. And as far as oh, spinoff is concerned. Pardon yes? me? No, no, you go ahead. No, no. What I'm saying is, is I'm not picking anybody to beat War Will. I, I'm picking at prices to finish underneath him. And Hog Creek Hustles twelve to one in this right. uh, mystery horse spinoff is currently listed at eight to one, uh, and he could be any kind with that return to the races for the first time this year at Tampa. Right. You know, going back and looking at that race, to be honest with you, I mean, he looks like a nice horse, and he's definitely well bred. That race didn't really, the last race he won at Tampa is two-turn debut. You know, winning two, winning uh, um, your two-turn debut first, first time doing that, you know, it was never an easy thing to do. Didn't really beat much in that race. And, you know, just kind of, you know, judging by the, the style of which he won, I wasn't that impressed. But, you know, he's coming in in good, in, in, in good condition. He just recorded a, a, a bullet work at Palm Beach Downs. And as far as his pedigree is concerned, you know, hard spun out of Zafdig, who is a grade one winner on dirt. And Zafdig is actually a half to Zoe Impressive, also a grade one winner on dirt. And she is the dam of Super Tappet, who runs in the New Orleans Handicap on the undercard. And both of those two, Zafdig and Zoe Impressive, are out of Zafdig, a grade one winner. So grade one, a winning grade one definitely runs in the family. Obviously, Louisiana Derby is a grade two, but... I mean, who's to say that this horse won't do some things later on down the road? Now, there is one horse in the race that I do want to mention, and that's by my standards. And I really think this is, I mean, he has the looks of a very nice horse. He's finished behind 
you know, real nice horses, gun it, Jersey agenda, who ran a sneaky good race in the Rebel, by the way. Well, he finally put it all together last time in his uh, fourth uh, career start and did so impressively. You want to talk about a horse to put at the bottom of War of Will, by my standards, in my opinion, is the one. All right. Well, listen, we could talk about this race for most of the show, but time is a ticking and I got to get to the mm-hmm. fairgrounds. Oaks, uh, Joel Politi is a doctor uh, from uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, he's a member of my organization. Uh, this horse put a line through that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. You know, they only run, run that race once a year. And I just felt that off her Pocahontas win, I don't think she was 100% for that race, and obviously it showed it on the track that day. But, boy, when I saw Jimmy Graham practically stand up in the irons and the Rachel Alexander, I said, this girl is back. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of, you know, funny that, you know, she wins a race named after Rachel Alexandra, and her Pocahontas win was very Rachel Alexandra-esque, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, she's the one to beat. And, you know, not, not a whole lot of speed in the race. Kind of wonder what's going to happen. The horse that breaks to her inside for Keith DeSormo showed speed last time out. But, I mean, Serengeti Empress is just one of those horses that if you leave her alone on the lead, you know, she's just going to draw off and win the thing. And that could very well be the case on Saturday. Yeah, she's going to need somebody to challenge her because I remember Jimmy Graham was just – pretty much kind of looking under his arms and kind of looking around and going, well, hell, I'm not going to rush her if they're not going to rush me. And uh, not not to say that an amount of 16th race, 112 and 2 is, you know, a a shoddy time. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong race. Uh, Yeah, 112 and 2. But uh, when she spurted towards the lead heading for home and then he looked around and said, hell, girl, we got another race to win, just wrapped up on her. Uh, I think the race is for place. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. And, yeah, I mean, kind of just like War of Will, you know, the race could be for place. Um, you know, really, there's there's two horses in here, other horses that I'm interested in. And that's Slew Good to be True for Peter Erton and yes. Leora for Wayne Catalano. Oh, my God, you've got a camera in my studio. Those are the only <laughs> other two horses I have check marks by, and they're pretty decent yeah. odds. Right. Yeah, and, and fun fact, Slew Good to be True bred in South Carolina. No South Carolina bred has ever won a graded state. So for what that's wow. worth, you know, could yeah, and it's and you know it's it's interesting because a lot of these horsemen will send, you know, their babies to be broken at, at farms in South Carolina. Cot Campbell, uh the late Cot Campbell Dogwood Stables is uh from Aiken. And so, you know, South Carolina's got some, you know, roots related to racing, but you don't see very many South Carolina breads. Right. Well, you, you just never know where a good one's going to come from. Let's talk a little bit about Leora, who you mentioned, uh, was second as Sarah Empress uh, in the Rachel Alexandra, but we'll, we'll have to improve. I see that the cat is putting blinkers on. Yeah, he's putting blinkers on her, and, you know, perhaps that'll make her a little more prominent in the race, and maybe she'll be the one to go up and maybe put a little pressure on Serengeti Empress. Uh, You know, she's, I mean, look, Cat's great with these fillies. You know, he won this race with Farrell two years back, who also has Channing Hill owned by uh, Mr. Bob Cummings of Coffee Pot Stables. Uh, She just recorded a, a, a bullet work here on the 12th. You know, she's I mean, if you're going to try to beat Serengeti with anybody, I mean, it, why not her? 
I, I have to agree. You know, one of my, anybody that's listened to me, is one of my favorite handicapping angles at any level is a change of equipment and a bullet work. Mm-hmm. And she's doing, and she did, she's got both of those things. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I, I, I put on my pick four ticket for her and Serengeti Empress. I'm not going to try to risk singling anyone. Well, um, I think we only got a couple minutes left, but, man, you got so many good races. Let's try to get the other uh, two graded races in. The 10th race, the New Orleans Handicap, uh, a grade two. Uh, very uh, interesting. Some of the horses that uh, are, are shipping in. Copper Bullet looks like uh, the one to fear for me. Yeah, no, Copper Bullet's definitely, the, in my opinion, he's the best one in, in this race right now. Uh, his, his Malibu was, you know, he was well beaten that day, but from what I understand, I, I think, I believe, uh, another horse in the race lost a shoe and I think it, it hit him, it hit him somewhere and that had an effect on his performance, but cross, cross the line through that one. He's never finished worse than second and he's never been beaten more than a length and a half. The horse to his inside, Bandu is going to be trying dirt for the first time and there he's cross entered in the Muniz, but it looks like they're going to opt for the New Orleans handicap with Bandua, and he's been working out great on the on the main track, and I think he's got a chance. I'd put him on my ticket at twelve to one. He's got the biscuit, the current leading rider at Fairgrounds. Jack Sisterson's had a great meet. Why not use him? Absolutely, Ryan. Well, I think there's a lot of value uh, in the in several of these races. Of course, uh, you know. Some of them just come from other zip codes, but always are there, like uh, Lone Sailor, who's closing on the million-dollar mark. And once again, you got uh, Pletcher and Velasquez on a 15-to-1 shot by the name of Noble Lady. Uh, I don't know if we can throw out a couple of those horses, those races, but they certainly thought a lot of this horse last year. So that's a quick look at the New Orleans handicap. They'll be going a mile and an eighth down there, and I think we still got a minute or so to get in the Munez Memorial Handicap, a race named first after Mervyn and then after Ramon. Two of the guys I told you became lifelong friends with me uh, on my brief stint down there at at the fairgrounds. Um, Synchrony looks awful dangerous in here and uh, is without a doubt the horse for course four starts four wins yeah you know synchronies and the, and the thing about him is he probably won't be the favorite when you got bricks and mortar in there and right. i mean really it's the it's the race is between those two it's a nice field shug's horse looks nice and is, is coming in in great form but i mean look synchrony and and bricks and mortar are the two and i mean it's them and everyone else and i mean Bricks and Mortar's a nice horse. I mean, when he when he won two starts back, coming off a 14-month layoff, it did not look like he had come off a 14-month layoff. He's never finished worse than, never been beaten more than three-quarters of a length. But if I were to put anyone on top between those two, I would give Synchrony the edge. Horse for course, his, his speed figures at fairgrounds are always, are just better. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's coming in in great shape. Stidham loves the horse, and, I mean, he loves it here. So why not give it a shot? Absolutely. Well, uh, Ryan Martin, it's been a pleasure uh, working with you through this winter meet uh, in helping me cover the races at, at the fairgrounds. And 
I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, as you know from our conversations uh, off mic, I will be in touch with you, uh, when you when you head up north. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was Ryan Martin from the fairgrounds. We also want to thank Dave Bassler for weighing in on the national HBPA convention this week and his insights into the organization and all that they do for racing. So uh, don't forget, tune in to winningponies.com. If you have a friend that wants to hear this show, they can get it on podcast. They can also pull down our easy win forms. I want to thank my producer, Josh. And I want to thank you for the people that providing us uh, with this broadcast location today from Port Charlotte, Florida. And that is Heart of an Angel Studio. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.